Hi, this is Julie. This is Liz. This is Sheila. This is Monica. This is Leanne. We are the Satellite Sisters. You are listening to Satellite Sisters to Go. We are the Satellite Sisters. Welcome to the show. It is Sunday, April 20th. I'm Liz Dolan. I'm here in Santa Monica, a beautiful Easter Sunday here in Southern California. Julie Dolan, you're in Dallas, Texas, and how are you? A very lovely Easter here as well, Liz. So happy Easter, sister. Yeah, to you too. I got some. I got a few cards, not from you, but from from other people, uh, oh. which is always nice. Uh, you know, the uh, nieces and nephews. Well, nephews and things. So, uh, <laughs> what, did, what did you guys do? Did well, where, I, you, did your grandchildren partake in any special Easter activities? Yeah, Liz. I have something that I want to bring up this Easter Sunday, and that is that I really I think egg hunts have to go. This is my new thing. That Come I on, think. Come on, why? Liz, they have to go. They're blood baths. That's the <laughs> Liz. Okay, my my grandchildren participated in one official one, like neighborhood Easter egg hunt, mm-hmm. and then the Easter bunny uh, this morning left Easter eggs in the backyard. So, okay. okay. So the first thing, those those group Easter egg hunts. The tension level now, Liz, the competitive parents, the lining up, the kids, they're unhappy. There's so many tears. It's just too much, Liz. I think there's no reason for it. There's no reason for it. And I recall from our own childhood in Fairfield, Connecticut, Mm -hmm. that we used to go to those egg hunts at a local high school. I I would come away with no eggs. (laughs) And I remember this, and I still, and I think this is the mem. These are the memories we are creating for children. A horrible, horrible event. <laughs> it's just disappointment. It's competition. It's pressure. Mm-hmm. It's not fun. The, no one has fun at egg hunts. <laughs> so it had gone so badly at the neighborhood egg hunt that the Easter Bunny left some eggs in the backyard so that my grandchildren uh, could could partake in a smaller, contained Easter egg. Less less competitive environment. Less, less comp- there are only two kids. Yes. Oh, it was only two. It was Alice and Benjamin. They still were in tears by the end of the egg hunt, Liz, okay? At the end of the egg hunt. Because uh, Alice got more eggs than Benjamin. Okay, oh. so... But she so- is the big sister, so know, Liz, she's always going to win. I know, Liz, but why? Why on Easter? Okay, it's a time of hope and joy resurrection why why do we have to go there with this egg hunt okay, okay. I, I i don't know hmm. well we had some very nice family activities here the southern california sisters and uh, our satellite brother brendan who lives here last night uh leah's husband it was his 50th birthday and for months, Leanne was saying, hey, do you want to do something for birthday? And he would say no. And then she'd say, maybe we should go away for the weekend. And he'd say no. And you know, we could do something with the kids. It's Easter. We could go blah, blah, blah. And he said, no, no, no. I'm not interested in that. Then all of a sudden last week, he decided, yes, he wanted a birthday party. And uh, But just the family and, like, downtown L.A., which you know he loves so much. And he wanted yes. to show us, like, his part of downtown L.A. So, uh, But meanwhile, we already had an Easter brunch planned at the beach for today. So all of the attendees for today were also invited last night. So there was some, like, do people want to come to both things? One thing, none thing. Should we cancel the Saturday, the Sunday thing now that we have the Saturday birthday party? Anyway, Brendan and his wife and two boys, they drove up from Orange County. We all had a delightful evening downtown L.A. with Leanne's husband and his parents and all of us. Sheila, at the last minute, was a cancellation. She has strep throat. Oh, yeah. She texted to say that she was really, really sick. So she was out of both events. Uh, But then last night, as we were leaving dinner downtown, Leon and and Barrick took Brendan's, Brendan and Laura's kids back to their house with their boys. And I just took our brother and sister-in-law back to my place. So we had the adult staycation night in Santa Monica for them. And the kids had the fun overnight uh, in Pasadena at Leon's. And they all, we all met on the beach this afternoon for brunch. And then the very same group just had 
brunch together on the beach. <laughs> well, that sounds like a really nice event. Well, I mean, I, the birthday was good, and yeah, yeah. Uh, I like that you all had a sleepover together, yes, too. Yes, yes. It's kind of fun, Liz. Yes, we did. It was, uh, it was actually very nice. And the and Laura, our sister-in-law, who is very thoughtful about all the holidays, when I woke up this morning, there was a, I didn't exactly have an Easter basket, uh, but there was a, a card from Sam and Daniel, her kids, waiting for me on my very own um, dining room table this morning. So that was very cute. Yes, that yeah. was very nice. That's good. Well, that's a very nice Easter celebration. And I mean, I think for a lot of people, they don't realize that even though you're all in Southern California, you don't really live right next door to each other. Right. And that getting from, you know, where you live to where Leon lives to where our brother Brendan lives, it could be a short amount of time or it could be three hours. Yes, right? exactly. So, so the sleepover thing, very, very nice, Liz. Right. And That's why the going home to Orange County and coming back today, we just decided we could make a party of it, an overnight party of it, and nobody needed to go home last night. Um, but it does remind me that I need to solve a mystery, Julie. Yes. Uh, last week, you know, Sheila and I did the special Q&A show. Yes, and then, which people love, Liz. I'm, I'm glad people enjoyed that. It was something a little different. All the other sisters were otherwise occupied. We decided to try something new. But as part of that, I posted an Easter photo uh. from way back in the day. On our, on our Facebook page and on our blog. And a, a wide note was taken of how unhappy you look in this photo, Julie. And I just want to speak out on your behalf that you were not this kind of preteen. You were, you were normally a very happy um, young lady, but this particular Easter, you are a total downer. In I, I was, I, Liz, I was. I was having a little preteen angst there. I think it stemmed from the fact that I had to wear that same polka dot dress mm -hmm. that you all yes. had on. Yes. And that I didn't want to be there. I didn't want to, I didn't want my picture in there. So that, that was part of it. Yes. Liz. Yes. Yes. So, uh, yes, it was uh, Grumpy Julie. There you have it. Grumpy Julie featured. And I wanted to note that Sheila and I made a point uh, in last week's show how much of our childhood we spent being totally dominated by our bigger, older brothers. And in this photo, in fact, they are standing right behind you. Uh, our two brothers, Jim and Dick, and our cousin, Joe Morningstar, who's the same age as Jim and Dick. And you can see that they are all puffed up. They are all the dominant force in this photo. And you are standing in front of, in front of them just like, oh, brother. They that, probably said something horrible to me right before that picture was taken. That's I, what I, I think. I, I'm looking yeah. at the look on, on Dick's face, <laughs> and he, he's, he seems to be vaguely gloating about something. So, you know, we know, we discussed the fact that they used to call you Julius Caesaris. Yes. Because yes. they were studying Julius Caesar in uh, Latin class. I'm not sure this was that moment, but clearly you are unhappy. But the big mystery in the photo, of course, is who's the bunny? Yes. Like, who's, yes. who's the rabbit? There was widespread guessing on the Facebook page. And yes, many people guessed correctly. That is Monica Dolan, ladies and gentlemen, in the rabbit ears and the rabbit suit. And uh, she just looks particularly adorable in the ears. Uh, it's hard to pull off, Liz. It's not easy to be a, to wear that rabbit outfit. But Monica did a fine job. She she looks good. She looks good as a rabbit. And we always did have some kind of Easter hunt in the side yard there. This is our cousin's house in Ryde, New York. There was some sort of scramble that went on in the yard, as I recall. Exactly, Liz. Again, a scramble. Okay, it's not fun. It's not fun. I, that's, I probably am scarred emotionally. That's why you see my face the way it is in that picture. Is something happened during that egg hunt, okay? No doubt. No doubt. Yeah. Okay, well, let's just, put, let's just put the holiday behind us then. No sense uh, making it any worse for you. Yeah, Liz, but I do have something to say tonight, which is it was a very different Easter holiday for my family here because my mother-in-law passed away sat early Saturday morning. She died peacefully um, in Denver, Colorado, um, and it was she was dec in declining health, but it really was a shock. Um, in fact, she had just been put in a skilled nursing home and we were going through that whole roller coaster, Liz, of, you know, the nursing home was trying to discharge her back to her apartment, and my husband and his sisters were, you know, saying that she needed more care, and 
and then she she you know she died in her sleep so um I know it's so, but it is uh, at Liz, as you know, um, um, she has, was my mother-in-law for nearly forty years. Uh, I've, un- I've known, okay, that's unbelievable. But I, I've known on. her for all of my adult life. She was, uh, you know, um, and here's the thing: my mother-in-law never liked me, Liz, <laughs> as you know that, right? I, I know mother- that. I know, you know that. that. You know that in my whole life. I, which is something that here was a relationship. That was really, really important to me, my mother-in-law, and it was, and it was a big relationship in that we spent a great deal of time together, holidays, family events, vacations, weekly phone calls, you name it, and this woman never, ever liked me. I, I just, and it always shocked me, Liz, because, you know, I, even though the, I was in that grumpy, grumpy Julie phase there for a while, I'm a pleaser. I really wanted my mother-in-law Yes, yes. And I honestly, Julie, I know this is true. I know this is not some mother in law cliche. Yes. I mean, your mother in law was so mean to you. I'll just say that out loud. She was mean to you. And I could understand it for like the first five or 10 years. But after that, wouldn't you think you would just get over the fact your son is married to this person? That you're just like, you're just going to have to get over it and accept her into your family. But it's like she never did, Julie. No, she never did. Not and and that even though it should the declining health, if there was something about her, she had this will to to continue to be mean. And I don't know why. So it is it is very complicated emotions that I, I you know, in one sense you would think I would be like, Oh, well, you know, I mean, I, you know, it should be a sense of relief, but I am really mourning the loss of my mother-in-law because she was my mother-in-law and that she was a big part of my life. And even though it, it, it certainly wasn't, it is not a relationship I'm proud of, but it was my relationship with her. And she is the mother of my husband and she is the grandmother to my grandchildren and the great grandmother to my grandchildren. Mm-hmm. And so um, it is, it's a complicated thing. And I think for a lot of people, they, you know, they, they, they can uh, relate to that, Liz. But, um, you know, I was always. She did, though, uh, not to pry too much into your life, Julie. She also had a very difficult relationship with her own children. Yes, she did, Liz. So it's, you know, I'm sure your husband is also very ambivalent at this point. Yeah, it is hard. It is hard because she just she just had a very difficult. You know, she she had a very strong-willed personality, and um, and it clashed with a lot of people. And uh, but you know, I I I am I'm missing her tonight. Uh, and uh, my husband is out in Denver with his father and his sisters, and we're going to do a memorial service for her later um, later in the you know in the summer. But I. I want to dedicate this show to my mother-in-law tonight, Liz, Dusty Smith. And, um, you know, she never listened to Satellite Sisters. Uh, (laughs) Not one show. Never never once. Never once. Never read our book. Never, never asked, ever. But tonight, Dusty, this show's for you, okay? <laughs> and I mean that. I mean I'm sorry, that. I shouldn't laugh. It I know, just, but I, it's, it's, it's just, such a lost opportunity when, you know, you see that kind of a broken relationship inside a family. But it was broken, Liz, but it was, no, it wasn't like we, she always was engaged. You know, I know some people, when, they, like, it goes badly, they just stop speaking, and they yeah. never, never talk. My mother-in-law was always very engaged in, mm-hmm. in... Like, it's just engaged in the relationship. So I guess that I was, I just have been thinking about that. And that's something too, you know, she, it wasn't like, it wasn't like she stopped speaking to me. Oh, she had plenty to say to me. (laughs) See, it's only because you're such a nice person that you continue to engage with her because other women in your position, Julie, might not take like decades of that level of, um, to sort of mean-spirited communication from their mother-in-law. Yeah. yeah, but I, you know, that's it. She was my, you only get, I, Liz, I, my feeling was I only was going to get one mother-in-law in my life, mm-hmm. and I was just going to work hard, work hard on it. So tonight, Dusty, rest in peace. I mean that. For, you know, I really, I have found a place in my heart to, you know, to just say, I, you know, I rest in peace to her and 
you know, and I'm glad the physical suffering that she's, you know, she's had is done and that she's in a better place. So, so there you have it, Liz. It was, it was a big weekend for us, you know, because of that, we just didn't anticipate that. Um, but, um, so, so, there you have. That's I'm um, thinking of your husband and his sisters because I yeah. I know that it's really really hard on them. Yeah, it, um, is. it is. It is. Okay, changing gears slightly. Uh, <laughs> well, it's changing gears dramatically because uh, that's as much as we need to say this week about that. Um, I have kind of a double big event at work this week. Uh, the uh, I'm I'm being I'm moving into a new office, you know, which is always kind of fun. The, because you get to kind of, you know, moving into a new place and it, it has that first day of school feeling, okay, you know, so the, they're moving my whole department from one side of town to another and, uh, that'll be fun. We'll be in a new building with lots of other people versus now where we're kind of isolated on our own. Uh, so Thursday is the big day for the move, but just as it happens, um, Thursday, you know, one of the shows that that we produce um, at the television studio where I work is The Simpsons. And part of the... Another one of my favorite shows. (laughs) I know you always hated that. I always always felt like the cynicism of The Simpsons is really... When we when we look back at the decline of civilization, it's going to be tracked back <laughs> to The Simpsons and the disrespect that that show has for parents, adults, <laughs> teachers, everyone. Okay, okay carry well, on, Liz. But I know it's a while. I, I, I totally disagree with you. But then again, I, I I don't have children, so I don't share your point of view on that. But uh, Leon does have children, and they love The Simpsons, and Leon loves The Simpsons. So the a couple months ago, somebody in my department said, you know, if you're ever interested in going to a Simpsons table read, I can get you passes to go to that. And what what that is, a table read is when the cast of an episode sits around a table and reads through the script together out loud for the first time. So it's sort of when they they work out what they're going to do in the episode. Obviously, in this case, they're animated characters, so it's the voice actors are around the table. They also have table reads for dramas and comedies and everything else. But so this is so Thursday, um, months ago, I booked in. Uh, Thursday for the table read for Leon and both of her sons are coming, Julie. You will be happy to know. Fantastic. And we're going to... That's great. Yeah, we're just going to get to sit and listen to the table read. And I got the inside scoop at the end of last week that... The, um, the writer of this week's script, you know, they have all kinds of writers from the outside or people in right. the writer's room. Judd Apatow wrote the oh. script. So I'm sure you believe he's also ruining American culture, but I think it's going to be fantastic as a result. <laughs> 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 Nothing is funnier than that. So, so on the very day I'm moving into my new office on the lot, um, Leon and her two boys are we're going to go to the table read in the morning, and then they're going to get to walk up and see the new place where I work, and huh. going to be kind of a little fun morning. And All right. It, that, that, I assume, Liz, when you're saying you're moving to a new office, you actually don't physically have to lug any boxes nope. Or, nope. or bag things up or file. That that, that this just this just happens. Yes, right? this you is one it. of those big corporate things where you leave Wednesday night and you everything is in a, you have you have to put everything in a box boxes right. and you have to put your number on the box and then they come in super early in the morning they scoop everything up they bring it across town allegedly they hook everything up so they said don't even come in until 11 o'clock because we're going to be moving things and hooking you up so it's perfect because we have the table read at 10 that will be over at 11 and then we'll get to go up and you know I told Lee and she could help me feng shui my new office because Uh you know you need to you need to customize these spaces a little bit to make them feel like like they're your own so um, anyway, I think it'll be really fun. Behind the scenes at a show like The Simpsons will be very memorable for both Colin and Brooks, who I think Leon's younger son, Colin, could probably recite whole episodes if you asked him to. <laughs> so, but with an animated show, Liz, when you're do, listening to a table read, is it best to close your eyes and just imagine the animated characters? Because it might throw you off when you actually see the voice characters. I don't know. Especially because several of the actors do several of the characters. 
So it's not just like one voice, uh, one uh, character. Uh, a number of them do multiple voices. So I'll let you know. After, I'll, I'll experiment with the closing of the eyes, Julie. That, that is a good question. That might be – I'll have an hour to figure out if that makes it even more entertaining. Uh, it'll be – it's kind of a – you know, it's one of those once-in-a-lifetime things that will be fun to see. So I'll tell you about it on the show next weekend. All right, Liz. I mean, and is it – are there opportunities to get autographs at, at this event, or is that – is it you're just in the audience, they're coming in and doing their work? And yeah, then- you're kind of in chairs around the main table. Oh. I think it would be um, considered uncool. Uncool, okay. Uh, yes. okay. You okay. know, in this environment, I, I generally eschew that thing. Like, no selfies, no autographs is my policy because you're supposed to be fellow professionals. So, oh, okay. So, so even okay. though my profession is nothing like their profession, and I'm, you know, way less professional just in general, um, the <laughs> I think that uh, that would not be something I would do. But if 16-year-old Colin gets an opening, there's nothing wrong with that. Okay. But, you know, okay. But my, my, the cast is my colleagues, Julie, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I see that. Liz. I see that you have you have a stature. You have a position to maintain. No, they will have absolutely no idea who we are or what we do. Like, okay. who, who are those people in the back row? They don't care. They they I, really don't care. Okay. Well, that well that sounds like a very fun week for you, Liz. Yeah, okay. but you know we've been seeing a bunch of these TV panels that were part of the Paley, Paley Festival. So this is like the next step inside uh, the making of television comedies um here in hollywood so so yeah it'll be kind of cool so i think this is good liz that you are mentoring your two nephews in sort of television uh, how to be television executives i mean they live in southern california they love tv Mm -hmm. so this seems appropriate it's hollywood julie it's hollywood what else are you going to do around here i can't think of anything Okay, Liz. Well, I want to switch gears a little bit because a number of people have asked me about this, and they're you know about Russia. What is going on? Can you can you believe the situation in the Ukraine? I mean, it's really bad. I noticed that even today, Pope Francis, in his Easter address, he gave some of the prayers in Russian today, mm-hmm. as a way to sort of reach out. Well, first of all, this is this is one of these unusual calendar years where. The, um, where the Eastern Christian uh, uh, Easter is on the same date as as our our Easter. Right. So that right. Isn't That's a, unusual that it's Orthodox Easter and exactly well, what would we be called Roman Easter? I don't know. Uh, I don't. But, I don't uh, know. The other Easter. <laughs> the other Easter. Whatever. We're the other Easter. It was the same time, and he reached out. But he talked about trying to create some kind of peace in the Ukraine. I don't think that's going to happen, Liz. Okay, from my from my humble perspective, I mean, I think. You know, first it was Georgia, then it was, then Putin took Crimea, Crimea. And so, and the world has sort of accepted that, you know, they, you know, maybe because Crimea used to be part of Russia, I don't know, but now it's the Ukraine and nobody seems to be standing up and objecting to it. And this is a good thing for the Russians, because one of the things I learned when I lived in Moscow was the Russian army or the Russian military system is your, you know, everyone is auto, you know, has military service. But if you are if you have any kind of resources, you know, if you have any kind of money, you can buy your way out of, of serving your time in the military. Oh, really? Or, oh, yes. Oh, yes. Or if you can get into a university, then you don't. Then you can get some academic uh, exemptions. So, so the, their military, you know, which you know, I know that we have always worried about, and they have plenty of weapons. You know, it is not as well. You know, it's not like our military in the U.S., where you know you have we have an all volunteer force. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is these are the people that are either not smart enough or don't have enough money or unlucky enough that they have to serve in the military. So there's a great deal of corruption. There's a great deal of dissatisfaction that they are poorly paid. And I, I can't speak to how, how well they're trained. But it just seems like Putin is not even going to have to use any of his army to actually take over the country of the Ukraine. Mm-hmm. You know, and that he's able to say that this is, you know, that this is about, you know, this is about Russia and it's about right. protecting Russian-speaking citizens. And he's the peacekeeper and, you know, he's trying to save them from the fascist Ukrainians, you know, which is... And I think he will, you know, this march will continue to other countries to 
to the Baltic states, to Belarus, you know, that this is, you know, part of his world to, you know, to put back what was the former Soviet Union. But now he's calling the new Russia, Liz. Mm-hmm. This, is, this is what it is, the new Russia. You know, this is just a small detail, and I know nothing about this is funny, but it is amazing to me that in Crimea, now again in eastern Ukraine, he's basically flooded the area with Russian military, but in those generic uniforms that don't say that they're that right. they're Russian military, they're like un emblazoned uniforms or something. And that the fact that they had like fifty thousand plain uniforms hanging around ready to go sort of gives you the feeling that they've been thinking about this for a while, like when it was time to make their move, just infiltrating these areas uh, for people that look like local freedom fighters, Russian-speaking freedom fighters, as opposed to sending, you know, a Russian military force in that says that all over their uniforms. It's pretty amazing that they were ready to go with that kind of a plan. I know that seems small, and maybe you're not amazed, but because I know, having lived in Russia, you believe that they've been thinking about these kinds of things for a long time. But, you know, that was pretty... It's just one of those small details that makes me actually believe, Julie, you could be right. (laughs) (laughs) About world events. I know, it's shocking. I know, I know, I know. But, But many of our listeners turn to you for all news about Russia, and, you know, you've been right over and over again, Julie, so you have, uh... You have the credibility uh, on this one. What do you think about the fact that Edward Snowden called into that talk show this week? Did you hear that one? Yes. 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 I mean, okay. So, so Putin does this annual address, and he, you know, he, it's very splashy. It's like eleven time zones, and he's on TV, and you get to call in and talk to the president. And they had had a Snowden call in. You know, I just. I think he has under, like many people, have has underestimated Putin and Russia and how they are manip- manipulating him and using him. I, you know, he has his own agenda, but he somehow feels, you know, like Putin's response to Snowden was, you know, because Snowden asked a question, Liz, about, you know, well, is there any spying going on in Russia? You know, that that's mm-hmm. essentially what the question was, and Putin said, thank. God, no, we don't have spying going on here. And he said it with a straight face. Okay, now let's let's just review. This is like the land of spies. Like they have like, mm-hmm. this is the spy capital of the world. Mm-hmm. This is like a whole industry. They have spies spying on spies. And right. I, you know, I, as I have said on numerous occasions that I never changed the light bulbs in my apartment in five years because somebody was doing that for me, <laughs> that there, our place was bugged. And, you know, that is just part of part and parcel of living in Russia. So the idea that you know that Putin is you know, can thank the Lord that that there's no spying going on. They're not on. gathering data on no. their citizens. No, not at all. Not not one bit. Not that one. was that was just crazy. And that Snowden well, I mean, what did you make of Snowden calling in? What did you Well, I mean it was a total setup, obviously. It's not like he just surprised. It's me, Edward Snowden. Um the fact, I really wondered, is he, is he that naive? There are a lot of things that Edward Snowden did that I think have actually worked to our benefit, okay? Which I know you probably don't like to hear that. But, like, he did sort of uncover things we needed to know about. He may not have gone about it in the right way or in a legal way. But then when he called in and asked this question this week about do you th- is Russia spying on its own citizens, I thought, is he actually that naive that yeah. he believes that Russia might not be doing that on their own citizens? Or is he so, like, under control and sort of vaguely threatened there in Russia that he had no choice but to call in with that question? But anyway, it just seemed it was surprising on on many levels that that would be something that uh, – that, but just like a surprise that Putin pulled out of the hat, and I'm sure he thought it was just a fantastic PR move. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure he did. I'm sure he did. He got it. Um, so let's just see where Russia is, where the boundaries to Russia are by the end of the summer, Liz. That's, that's you know, that's, well, let's just see how, how far, you know, Putin is able to reclaim of the former boundaries of Russia um, by the okay. end of the summer. All right. That's, that's my bet for you. Okay. Because okay. I think it's that, you know, the other story, that is, you know, I mean, Asia, uh, the, I mean, it seems like this week was just dominated 
by pictures of both um, the South Korean ferry and the search for the victims and the grieving families. I mean, that... And that then, is such a horrible story. I know I know you and Leon on Tuesday's show noted several super sad stories that were going on yeah. in the news and sort of took a moment to recognize that. The same thing with that Korean fairy story. Oh, my God, when you think about like a whole high school class being wiped out in that circumstance, it is just incredibly heartbreaking. And it's and, and though it's dramatically different than the Malaysia Malaysian flight, it seems that sadly many of the circumstances are sort of the same. That you have this desperate search to recover the bodies of loved ones. You have these grieving families that don't seem to be getting the information that they need, or they or they're not getting any kind of closure with their loved ones. And then you have these. These governments that are that are embarrassed or are reluctant to provide information about what exactly happened or how it happened or what what's going on, and it just adds to the tragedy of the situation. So that is that's an yeah. Awful. It's terrible that it's it, it's frequent enough that it's becoming like a television convention. You know that there are certain right. things play out in certain ways, but just just. Really, really tragic, that one. Makes me so sad. Yeah, probably probably the highlight for me with all the, you know, I mean, with all the terrible things going on in Russia, and we have not talked about Syria. I mean, the, the one thing about, you know, the whole Russian invasion is it, it's getting the world's attention away from the terrible tragedy that's going on in Syria. But I have to say that this week, any time I got low, I just looked to Australia, and I looked to that royal family, Liz, <laughs> and William and George. And yeah, I, you needed them in your life this week, Julie. I, I really did. I just needed the. I didn't. I didn't need. To, you know. I just like to look, click through the photographs, Liz. I, that's just. They're just doing a bang up job. I don't need to hear them speak. I don't want to see them actually see them at the ceremonies. But uh-huh. just the images, I find. I find delightful. I find them. I find them uplifting. Um, I mean, I have no idea what's going on in that family, you know. But they appear. It's, it's working well as a, as photographs. That's all I can say. I don't know. They are just. They're yes. just so cute. And that baby Georgie. I just cannot get enough of him. And it's just. It seems like such great tonic for all of. All of all of the tragedies that are going on. I mean, it just is a very difficult time as you look across the world that there yeah. there's so many sad stories. Uh, but that they're you know they're doing their thing. They seem to be behaving. There's <laughs> you know there's just yeah. it is so funny when you hear people like like why is this such big news? I don't understand why people care. I'm like, come on, it's not that deep. They're just cute and they're young and they're fun and they seem to really be doing a good job. And that is their whole job is to kind of be like just a loving fun cute royal family that's with a, it, with a koala bear it's, you know like, <laughs> it was it's just good it's good it is a job that most people do extremely poorly as we've, we've noted here many times on satellite sisters royalty is ridiculous so when you see people that just like they're up for it like okay we're gonna be the future king and queen and we have this adorable baby and we're going for it and <laughs> Because the baby might not always be adorable. There may be dark periods ahead. I can't say. But right now, they are on their mark, and they're doing a fantastic job. And I and I just, uh, in a week that was kind of a downer for me, I found it very uplifting to, to look to Australia and to look to that family. I hope that tour never ends. I, 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 I'm afraid... I know they've already been in New Zealand, and now they're in Australia. I don't know where else they can go uh, in Southeast Asia, but I hope they just continue, can sh- just show up. She's got great hats. She's got good dresses. It's it just... It's just fine, Liz. I know, and we feared for the worst for her, marrying into that family. Talk about your mother-in-law. I'm sorry. Like, she has potential mother-in-law issues. Yes, Big time. But So I think traveling halfway around the world is is an excellent choice for both of them. Um, Well, I have a couple of things that I want to bring up that are totally local issues for me, Julie. Okay. Two neighborhood issues here in my corner of Santa Monica. And there is a scourge on the neighborhood 
there, 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 there are things going on here that I talk about, like, what are the Russian borders going to be by the end of the summer? I just don't know what's going to happen to Montana Avenue by the end of the summer. Because there are two things that are taking over Montana Avenue. One is just a personal issue for me because I walk my dog up and down Montana a lot. Bake sales, Julie. There is a bake sale on every corner Every weekend, it is Santa Monica Volleyball. It's Santa Monica Debate Team. It is the, you cannot walk a block without being faced by a brownie, like a home-baked brownie, by an earnest ninth grader who, like, deserves your support. It is, it is just a menace. So what's your, what's your objection with that, Liz? What is, uh, it, ju- is ju- it that you... No, just that, I lo- just that I love brownies. Just <laughs> that I do not need that level. When I'm out trying to get some exercise, I, some, I can walk by all... You know I have a million coffee shops. I'm Montana, too. Yes. So yes. I can walk by all of the retailers who are purveying baked goods. I don't even walk in the door. Uh, but now that, like, we have all these fresh-faced teenagers standing on every corner every weekend, it just becomes irresistible because you can you can rationalize the purchase. Like, even – luckily, it hasn't happened more than once in each walk, but it could get worse, worse than that. You might start buying a brownie every block or – I don't know. So that's, that's my first problem. Okay. But my second problem – and I took our sister-in-law, Laura – Uh, up and down the avenue this morning on our walk to prove this to her. The entire street is being taken over by beauty services. And by this, I mean, like, things that used to be stores, like, that would sell retail things or, um, like, say, shoe repair shops Mm -hmm. or, uh, you know, just clothing stores, things like that. Every single thing on the street now is either... um, some kind of yoga slash Pilates slash private training um, place, or it's a nail salon. You know, Sheila talks about nail spa lane all the time on this show. Or two new categories of things. And this is where I feel like we've lost control. Um, Obviously, we've talked about the whole blow-dry bar scenario mm-hmm. taking mm-hmm. off. Yes. Is that, has that hit Dallas in a big oh, way? Oh, yes. Really? Oh, Just... we've, got, we've got plenty of those places here. Okay. Liz, it's Dallas. This is a land of big I, hair. I know. You are, that's right. I would, in a land of big hair, I get it. But I just wanted Laura to see with her own eyes this morning as we walked down Montana that there is a four-block stretch, a mere block from me, where there is a, a blow-dry bar. Okay, that's the one that's franchised that's actually called mm-hmm. blow-dry bar. Then there is a block away from that one that's one that's called Blowout by Benefit. So Benefit was the old makeup shop mm-hmm. that now has the makeup on one side and the blowouts on the other side. So that's a block away from the blow-dry bar. And then directly across the street from Blowout by Benefit is a place called Sechoir, which, of course, being a French speaker, you know, <laughs> means too dry, right? Yes. <laughs> so that also a blowout bar. So, like, Three blow-up bars within four blocks. I really thought I had that this was the limit. Like, we are just, this is just excessive beauty treatments. Don't you people have anything to do with your time and your money? But then, Friday night coming home from work, I saw, like, for me, the straw that broke the camel's back. (laughs) What is it, Liz? Okay, first I thought, um, remember about six months ago, Monica and I talked about a place that had opened on Montana called The Brute? (laughs) Uh, I still don't believe this place. Okay, the brute. Where you like well, throw, okay. Like, you, you won't be surprised to know it's a, it's already out of business, Julie. So it's not you. <laughs> you're you may not believe me ever because it's already gone. But the brute, for those of you who missed the show, is a place that all they do is condition your hair. There's no other hair thing going on there. They just condition your hair, and they condition your hair with like fruits and vegetables. So it's like a mashup of bananas and avocado. <laughs> They put that on your head, so it's all natural, all fruits and vegetables, and they, that is their entire service, right? So I thought, that can't last long, and, um, and I'm happy to tell you, it did not. But the latest one that I drove by, I'm just opening up the, the webpage now so I can read the text to you. There's now a place on the avenue, Julie, called um, Lash Noir. Lash Noir. Okay, Lash okay. Noir. So okay. all they do in this store is eyelashes. 
Really? No other. I, I took a picture. I am going to post it on the Satellite Sisters blog. It says right in the front window of Lash Noir, we do not do anything except for eyelashes. That is it. So, so, if, so even if you wanted, like, eye makeup, you yeah, wouldn't no, get eye makeup. No, they just put no, the no, they, no, they do. They can give you, I'm looking at the website now, full set of lash, like lashes, tradition, uh, synthetic lashes. Um, and that's, you know, that's only 170 bucks. And that, <gasps> that takes one or two hours. But then, you know, if you really... Well, get, but wait a minute. $170 for... Yes. For yes. lashes that, like, fall off, like you wear these one night to the prom no, or something? No, these are lash extensions, Julie. I think they're meant to be more permanent than that. Oh. So these are eyelash extensions, not false eyelashes. This is a thing in the world now, apparently. I had no idea either. But if you think that the synthetic lashes are just not going to do it for you, of course, you can get the uh, traditional mink lashes, which I did not realize that was traditional. <laughs> I'm not sure where, maybe, where would that be traditional, mink lashes? In Russia, Liz, we wear mink, we wear mink on our heads and on our eyes, yes. Okay, okay. well, you're going to want these for okay. the, the 220 bucks that those cost well, to get yeah. a full set of mink lashes, but, you know, if you really, like, if your ship has really come in, as Dad would say, if you're really feeling flush, you're going to want to go for the full set of lash bar volume lashes, Julie. Because uh-huh. the mink, you know, it's potentially not giving you enough volume. So these are the most lavish and luscious lashes around. Double the thickness with twice as many lashes applied. So come on. That, that seems like news anchor lashes. Is that, is that, it's like, that's like CNN. I don't know because I know that Oprah famously wore the mink lashes. So the fact that there's a level above Oprah for false eyelashes that is like crazy. So that those start at three hundred bucks. Your uh, your volume lashes, if the mink or the uh, the other lashes are not good enough. Now, can you wash your face when you have these mink lashes on? Or? Yeah, I think you can, Julie, because there all there's also pricing here for uh, lash touch-ups. So say you wash your face, uh, <laughs> which you might want to do every once in a while, and say you're like a lash is out of place. Mm-hmm. You can come in, and for a mere $45, uh, they will do a lash touch-up for 30 minutes, just to, like, restore you to your previous lusciousness. Um, or if you have the, the mink uh, lashes, there you could have, like, an hour and 20-minute touch-up. Uh, I'm not sure what they, would even, what they would do for an hour and 20 minutes. Um, maybe they dry-clean the mink. I do not know. Um, and, but that's only $75, Julie. So mm. that's good. because you've, mm. Now you can save your $220 lashes with the $75 um, la- mink lash touch-up. I bet with the mink lashes, you could get those wet, though, right? Because minks, they, they, they look <laughs> yes, like... that's true. That's yeah, true. They like to, like, swim around. And, I, don't they just shed water off them? Yes, yeah. I think so, Liz. I think so. It would so, be nice and warm for the winter to have little <laughs> mink lashes on your eyes. See, you wouldn't yeah, be so is, cold, I think. Which is really important here in Santa Monica to, uh, to warm well, you, up. <laughs> so I, I, I just want to say it does seem like... I just have a a growing concern about the street that, you know, it was never exactly your um, b- basic Broadway kind of street with everything you would want. Like not, it was never Main Street USA, right? It's, no, but it was, it was a charm. Montana Avenue in Santa Monica used to be a charming set, a collection of stores, shops, restaurants, uh, there was a variety of things, Liz. You had shoe stores, you had housewares, some clothing stores. There was a nice mix. Yeah. But it seems like now it's really focused just on just beauty. on just on beauty. So it's the street of dreams, Liz. So if you can stay away from those brownies, Liz. <laughs> And end up with some of those mink lashes. Who knows what would happen? Uh, it's just out of control. So, yeah, I think I'm going to have to stay away, stay off Montana now, especially on the weekends. But I, So I, I dragged Laura down there today just to prove it to her that it exists. As I say, I took a photo of the front window of Lash Noir, Lash Bar, and uh, I'm going to, you'll be able to uh, look that up. You have to go in, Liz. I mean, would they just even just put your mascara on for you, do you think? <laughs> 
That's what I should do. Just stop there every morning on my way to work with yes. a, with my personal wand and say, "How much to apply this to my lashes?" Could you could you use that curler on my eyelashes? <laughs> yeah, and then I could go across the street to Seshwar. Yes, yes, Liz. Yes, yeah, it's a shame we lost Brute. That's a, that's a crying shame, but. Um, that, so this is my concern. That's all. I don't, there's nothing I can do about it. And it's, I know there are more important things going on in the world, but if my neighborhood gets completely taken over by lash bars, I'm, it is the first I've ever heard of, of like a standalone store. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I know that, you know, that in a lot of makeup places, they will apply false eyelashes. Sure. Usually it's for, you know, that once in a lifetime thing, such as a prom or a wedding. But uh, now that you have to wear mink every day on your eyes, uh, you know, but yeah. I guess Southern California you do. Um, so at, and in at any moment, Liz, someone could be taking your picture. So yeah. you want to look, mm-hmm. you want to look your best. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It says eyelash extensions extend the length and thickness of your eyelashes. They are applied, Julie, on a hair by hair basis. Oh, to your, to your own so- lashes. For the total natural look. Uh, and how long do they last? Extensions can stay on up to 90 days with proper aftercare. <laughs> that means no washing yeah. of the face. And with yes, monthly no maintenance. Monthly maintenance. You're really going to go in once a month to have your eyelashes restored? Oh, my God. People have got to, like, get a life. Get it. There's got to be something you can do more useful with your life. Anyway, they recommend getting a touch-up. It says here, Julie. Every two to four weeks. So, oh, yes. you know. I would agree. I yeah. would agree with that. So you you will barely have time to come out of your nail shop before you go in your eyelash <laughs> shop store and then swing by the blow-dry place. Yeah. And I'm sure you have several self-tanning places. Oh, my God, yes. Places. Yes. Yeah. 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 So. Not just the self-tanning. The ones that do the, like, blow-on, yes. uh, paint-by-number yes. thing. Yeah. Right. So it's, uh, yeah, it's all about beauty here in Santa Monica. So um, there, that's... If, for those of you that, like, we've talked about Drugtown for many years, the charm of Drugtown, this is the kind of uh, eyelash emporium that is going to threaten Drugtown. And mm-hmm. they're going to, those mm-hmm. kinds of people that just sell wind chimes and jeans, soon they're going to be gone. They're going to be, they're going to be totally gone and replaced by somebody that, I don't know, doesn't even do toes and fingernails, just does, <laughs> you know, just as thumbs. That's going to be the next thing. We're, we just do thumbs. We know other people will care for the rest of your fingers. We're just going to focus on thumbs here at uh, Thumbtown. I like that. I, how about some ear shops? I think that would be good too, Liz. <laughs> have your ears done just right. Well, Liz, it sounds that that's, that's quite a lot. I yeah. mean, while other people are worried about Russia and various other things in the world, mm-hmm. you are worried about um, eyelash creep. On, yes. on, <laughs> On Montana Avenue. Yeah, I, I just thought I should mention it so that when I fill in three months from now or six months from now on what's happening with the lash bar, people will understand that I'm, I'm monitoring it. Anything, okay. anything could happen. Any, and if you start to see them in a town near you, don't say I didn't warn you. Okay. Sounds good. Uh, okay. I, so anything else? I think else? that's it, Liz, that we have come to the end of our show, that this is it. This is what we have tonight, as it were. Yes. <laughs> Yes, it is Easter evening. Uh, Leanne was headed home with her kids. Sheila, as I mentioned, was sick. Monica had just gotten home this week, and she had originally intended to participate with us, but then could not pull that off. So uh, so next week, I suspect, we will have a full report. And... Um, Julie. And Leanne and I will. Leanne and I will be back on Tuesday. We'll have a full show on Tuesday, and uh, that's it. So you had some good uh, tips and what, what are they? Tips and tricks that you have there on Tuesday. <laughs> you, you tips have- and tricks. I mean, Liz, we go deep on shallow <laughs> topics. That's what we like to do. And yes, they were. I think it was about memory, Liz. It's oh, that's right. See, I couldn't remember that, of course. How to find things, and I think the the, the big takeaway is. Everything that is lost is generally within 18 feet of you right now. So just keep that in mind. I know that you, from time to time, misplace <laughs> things. So, yes. but just always remember, it's right there with you. Yes. And I think that's a fine thought to, for all of us to take away tonight. Okay, we will end the show there. We do want to remind you that our theme for this year is 
share the sisters. And what do we mean by that? It's pretty simple. If you uh, download our show from iTunes, it'd be really great if you could review our show, give us as many stars as you feel appropriate. All of that is good for our iTunes ratings. If you download the show at Stitcher, which we recommend, it's a great app for your smartphone. When you listen to any show, just give us a, a thumbs up there. That is really good for our recognition at Stitcher. Every week we post any new show gets posted on the Satellite Sisters Facebook group. And uh, so if you enjoy it and you just want to share that into your own Facebook uh, news feed, that would be a great way for us to introduce, or for you to introduce us uh, to other Satellite Sisters. We've gotten a lot of new members on the Satellite Sisters Facebook group, Julie, over the past month. I enjoy it uh, because I am the membership committee. Um, every day we have, you know, handfuls of people. Good, Liz. Uh, and, you're, and you're screening them. I know you have yes. a rigorous yeah. uh, application <laughs> process, which yes. is if they have at least one other friend. One friend. That that's it. That's just prove okay. that you have one other friend. I got an unusual request this week from a prospective member who had sort of an alter ego that she uses online, and she didn't want to be put off by the fact that it's kind of a fake name. And uh, But I, I approved her because if she could at least reach out and tell me that, then it means she's a real person, right? Okay, she's Liz. The, that's good. She's not some shopping robot. Which is, which is really what I'm afraid of. Uh, so anyway, share the sisters. We really enjoy the fact that you listen to us, that you you can post on our Facebook group. You can go check out the things we have on our blog. One question we got last week, Julie, in the Q&A show, which Sheila and I did not address, is why don't we post more pictures of ourselves? Uh, why don't we? I, I, I don't know. Maybe we don't take enough pictures of ourselves. We could do, we could, we could make that as a new year's resolution, even though it's April to, to post more, more yeah. pictures. I, yeah. think we, I don't think it was ever a conscious decision. No. So we're not physically together all that often. So yes. I think it's more that like it's one sister, one at a time going off and doing a thing, but we will figure out how to do that. Or maybe there are more uh, embarrassing family photos from the Dolan family. I mean, did archive. you take any pictures today at your lovely Easter um, celebration? Not of us. No, we took pictures. No, so. of, we took pictures no. of the kids. <laughs> so, but not of each, not of each other. Okay. No, All no, right. There no. you go. It didn't, it didn't really cross my mind, but we should learn how to do that. But our, our parents never really did that either. So anyway, uh, really in our family, it's your husband who is the picture taker. I know. So I know. unless when he's not with us, we just don't even think of doing it ourselves. Uh, right. Anyway, well, we we'll need get... some of those false eyelashes, Liz. Mink <laughs> eyelashes. Then, then, then yes. we'll post a lot of pictures. Yes. If my lashes were more voluminous, I would certainly take more pictures of myself. At least super close-ups. Uh, anyway, share the sisters. Uh, have a great week, and call your satellite sister. You walk into the world you make. You lose yourself, but you you find your way, I'm gonna watch you radiate, 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 radiate. We turn so slow, I know it's hard to wait. But take your time, son, this yours to take, I'm gonna watch you radiate. As you walk, you believe every part.